We were very busy on the show this weekend, so let's just get straight to it. First up, we spoke with Paul Dano and Jeffrey Wright all about their roles in The Batman. Here's what they had to say. Paul, Jeffrey, thank you so much for having a chat with us. Congratulations on this. I loved it. So job well done. Um, thank you. I mean, there must be great nerves when you come into any project like this because people have so many preconceived ideas of who these characters are, where they exist in their own universe, in their head. On the first day of set, do, do you feel those sort of nerves or is the project and the script enough to just go, yeah, we're, we're going to knock this out of the park? I know for me, by the time I get to the first day on set, I'm just nervous about that You, 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 you know, on, on any film, right? It's like the first yeah. day and there's just a lot of work you've put in to get there and it's sort of you know, you're breaking the ice. Yeah, sure, there's something that comes with this. And, and, and frankly, I'm glad I, uh, I'm, I'm now seeing again, how passionate fans are about the Batman. And, and I'm sort of glad I didn't have as much contact with that beforehand as I do now. You, you know, now we're at the point where I think I'm really proud of the film and I'm so excited to finally share it with them. Uh, but I think nerves can be a good thing if they don't cripple you, I think they can kind of give you uh, um, the boost that you may need to, 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 to really go somewhere. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think we've talked about this uh, a lot, how much we were drawn into Matt's vision of, uh, of the Batman and of Gotham and of these characters, and it was all there on the page. And what was exciting for me was, uh, in my mind, I kind of, I certainly wanted it to exist in this room that he created, that being a grounded place, an authentic place, a place that was, that was, um, that was accessible. Um, so once we realized that's where we were, and Matt as well wanted to do justice to this series in the most intense way, and he wanted to celebrate its origins the, as Bat, with Batman as the world's greatest detective. And so we knew that we were working with a, someone who was a caretaker of mm -hmm. the franchise and of the history. And once we knew that we were in company in that type of company and working together and with the script and with everyone around us, if we knew, at least I understood that if we did justice to that, we would do justice to, you know, all the fan uh, uh, opinions about, uh, about, uh, about this series, you know, you're not going to please everybody, but if you're a fan of Batman, I think you're going to love this film um, because it really is celebrating the essence of the thing and breathing new life into it in a way that's part of now the evolution of the series uh, from 1939. So, um, you know, you, as Paul said, you can't keep all that stuff in your head or you're just going to be have a horrible day working yeah, yeah. on set, but you just got to focus 100%. on 100%. And, and for you, yeah. you got to work so closely with Rob, like throughout all of this. So do you remember the first day you went on set and saw him and we're like, oh my God, you are Batman. This, yeah, <laughs> you have this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we talked a lot and, and Rob really didn't want to, when we were rehearsing, he kind of didn't want to read through the stuff. I think he was still holding on to um, that persona before he let it out and we would talk through and re read through, but, you know, and I could see that first day when we rehearsed on set and he had the cowl on and I think maybe just half the suit and sweats, sweatpants. I was going to say, what else? And, and sneakers <laughs> at the bottom. And, 
you know, you could see there was a bit of hesitancy, as you'd expect yeah. on the first day and uncertainty. And then he went back and he came in in the full suit. And it was like, wow. OK, yep. yeah, it's you. That's the Batman. And, and, and for you, let's go. I was going to say for you, Paul, it, it was probably a, a lot more of an isolating experience because a lot of the stuff that you did was away from that. Um, on set were you were you seeing everybody were you kind of getting um, an idea of what else was going on throughout your production throughout the production or were you very much on your own with matt and and the team uh, that were doing a, your parts a, a little bit i mean i spent a lot of time with matt and uh and i certainly had uh rob's batman was on my mind an awful lot um <laughs> and uh um uh, i loved visiting the set and taking in the essence of gotham uh, uh, so it was important for me to, 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 to be around, but, but you're right. The nature of the character is, is that he is, uh, more isolated and, and hidden. So, uh, that just hopefully goes into the work. Did you ever come to set and just kind of stand off in the distance in the shadow and like creepily observe what was going on? Um, I, I thought I heard something in the shadows a couple of times. <laughs> Uh, might have been Colin because I mean <laughs> nobody would have recognized him. Um, congratulations, guys! This was thoroughly. Who would have heard Colin? He was he, 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 he <laughs> barely he barely visible inside that thing, but he was loud. We would have heard him. <laughs> All right, from the big screen to streaming. If you want to watch anything this weekend, make sure it is Pixar's brand new film, Turning Red, a coming of age story about a girl who's just trying to find her place in the world while she turns into a big red panda when she's angry. <laughs> it's really, really good. And it's from Oscar-winning director Domi Shi, who I met a couple of years ago and I just knew was destined for big things. She made a short film, which you can actually find on Disney Plus as well, called Bow, and it's beautiful. And if you're doing yourself a favor and watching Turning Red, make sure you watch that as well, because you won't be disappointed. Here's what she had to say all about the movie. Guys, congratulations on this. I absolutely loved. Um, and also, especially because Domi, I met you years ago. It was at the Canadian residence, I think, just before the Oscars, where you won the Oscar. And it was leading up to that. And I interviewed on the red carpet and I said, kind of, what's the big goal after this? And you said, the feature film. That is the, that is the thing. Wow. And here and we are. Here we are. We are. So congratulations. Um, for you, how did it feel to be, you know, I guess, starting the project first? after Bao, after all of that, and after the, the success of everything, was it a real sense of, oh my God, yes, this is, this is the story that I want to tell? Uh, yeah, I mean, I felt this incredible uh, weight and responsibility, <laughs> responsible uh, for like a whole feature film. Um, I felt almost like, like with Bao, there was less pressure because it was a short film because there was a smaller budget and, you know, I was able to, you know, I had a smaller crew, I could be more experimental, but like, it felt like, oh man, this is like, this is, this is the big leagues when I, uh, <laughs> yeah, was uh, tasked with directing a, a feature film. And, and I would, I had thought that like, oh, like winning the Oscar, that's going to give me the superpower and the confidence <laughs> and the filmmaking skills that I need to make this feature. Nope, it's just like a the gold statue. Golden statue. And I was like shaking. I was like, "Come on!" It didn't. It didn't do anything. It's not working. It's not working. <laughs> Come on! Yeah. Why is my Oscar broken? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it's not broken. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lindsay, uh, when it comes to a story like this as well, what I loved is the fact that it kind of goes in directions where I feel like Pixar hasn't before. You know, when it talks about puberty and and things like that, but Pixar has never been afraid to obviously talk about things as well that. Um, 
affect yeah. so many different people. So for you, was there a, a real moment where that decision had to be made to, to say, yeah, let's, let's do that? Or was it always a yes, 100%? I think both. I think that decision was early though. So that's good. I think we kind of put it all out there in the first screening. And it's not to say that the first screening is anything that you're that anything close to what you're seeing at the end, but all of that element and that boldness and that kind of uh, unapologetic, like look at this, um, this moment in a, in a person's life being super gross and messy and <laughs> awkward and cringy. And that was all kind of in there in the first screening. And it was a little bit of a, I mean, kind of unintentionally, a little bit of a test of like, okay, here's what it is. Now is your chance. If you're not going <laughs> to, you're not going to be down, then, then we should probably know that right out of the gate. And, um, and, and sure enough, everybody, either because we put so much in there, they got, they got overwhelmed and let some <laughs> stuff go or because they actually were like, yeah, yeah, we're in. But I think, frankly, we had the benefit, thank God, of early on because we hadn't, the pandemic hadn't happened. We were actually in the studio and, and showing it mm -hmm. the way we normally do in front of a bunch of like hundreds of people mm -hmm. uh, for Pixar. And, and you were so grateful in those moments for the audience reactions because you're like, see, like it was universally, people were either laughing or, or like hiding behind their eyes, like, oh no. And it's like, that's exactly what you want. I mean, the fact that you have an audience reacting that way mm -hmm. was the, was like the, the drug yeah. I think Domi was chasing, right? Yeah. Which is like, I want, I know that's what I want is an audience to engage and react. So yeah, I think they were in, they were in after the first screening for sure. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And, and Domi, did you have a list of people that you were like, yes, these are the people that I want as my voice actors and it's not happening. Sandra has to be here. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> Sandra was definitely our number one choice. Uh, yeah. I've been a fan of her since like sideways and just, uh, and Grey's Anatomy and just, uh, just, I just love her range and I think like it was like it could have only been her mm -hmm. because the character Ming is just so it's such a complex character that if not done right can veer into stereotype can veer yeah. into like being one-dimensional and arch and we needed an actress like her who just had the acting chops to like go from funny yeah. to scary to sincere to loving in like, like one scene in like one scene <laughs> and Sandra yeah. like did that in in spades and that and yeah it could have only been her and she gave I think you confidence at times when you were like I don't know and it was having an actress that had you know was also mm -hmm. um you know Asian and and first generation and Canadian and it was like she also had so much to add in terms of just yeah. giving you confidence that these choices that you were giving your characters felt yeah. right totally so that was such a gift too mm -hmm. And this was a gift to us. So congratulations, guys. Thank you so much. And I'll see you at next year's Oscars, maybe. Let's see. All right, out in cinemas this week, Wolf. It was filmed in Ireland during the pandemic at the height of it uh, in the first lockdown. It stars an all-star cast, including George McKay, Lily Rose Depp, the one and only Fiona O'Shea from Normal People and Lola Pettigrew, you'll remember, who starred alongside Fiona in Dating Amber, which came out last year. Here is what a number of them had to say, including George McKay, Fiona O'Shea and Lola Pettigrew. Enjoy. Pleasure, dude. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, you. I mean, how are your knuckles? <laughs> They've healed up, I think. Yeah. We'll, Did you? We'll because I was looking really closely to see if you were wearing anything that was to protect you in any way, but you weren't. No, no, it was... Um... Yeah, like, 
I mean, I'd like to be rough and tough with my <laughs> carpet burned knuckles. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the, the worst ones were the rehearsal, rehearsal week, actually. On the, We were rehearsing in this studio with wooden floor and also the most sort of not practice day ever was with the crawling. So that's when they sort of properly got skinned. Yeah. So it was trial by fire then. You've always put so much into your roles. Um, and with this, I mean, it's no different in that regard too. Did you kind of re crawling around the house for a good period of time and yeah. really trying to get into character method that way? Or was it just... No, it was. It was. It was because like we had suddenly, with because the pandemic struck in between our yeah. rehearsal period. So we suddenly had months and... To be honest, it really helped with the physical aspect of mm. it because I think just to kind of, it's so integral for the character that you believe that he is most comfortable in that state. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and after the one week of rehearsal, I was not comfortable in that state. <laughs> so it sort of, it took, it took you know, the, the months that, well, while we were waiting for the, the film to kind of get back up and running to do it, yeah, back at home out in the park of an early morning time. Were you just, howling at night as well? Or? I was trying, that's the one thing. that's the thing I, with neighbours, you know, sometimes. You yeah, I mean, I think I sort of tentatively sort of went, oh. <laughs> but it's, it's like, never again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like trying to hit a high note. <laughs> so I did a lot, of, I remember arriving to, um, to rehearsals when we got back to it and Natalie was like, what do you want to work on particularly? I was like, I need to howl because I've not had a chance to howl or I've not had the guts to howl at home. So um, yeah, the howling was saved till the last minute, but. Yeah. Yeah. But the crawling was, was throughout. Obviously as well with a movie like this, the ridiculousness of the set could you know lend in a way, so you mm. have to treat it so seriously, I guess, mm. in order mm. to get it to where it is. Were there moments though where you guys were just bursting out laughing because of what was going on? <laughs> yeah, well I think we all were kind of like pretty on it in the, um, you know, in the, on, on the set, but I think there was a couple of rehearsals where like there were a couple of icebreaker kind of exercises as to like let's all just be animals and before you kind of get self-conscious about being your animal just yeah. be any and so we were all kind of given different animals and I remember Natalie included that sounds uh, like a psychological test to see where you go with that yeah so I, I think I was sort of like bobbing around as a turkey while Natalie our director was just face down as a whale on the floor <laughs> like and we sort of yeah she picked the right one yes yeah. <laughs> I'm going for a nap <laughs> I'm going for sleeping lion yeah. <laughs> um I guess as well with this movie it's it, it in a way, when you go into it, you don't know what to expect. And mm. then at the end of it, you're thrown in a million different directions, I, emotionally as well, in so many ways. Was that the same for you on set? Did you leave this movie just exhausted? Yeah, certain certain days were, because I think, I mean, for Jacob, for all the characters especially, but for Jacob, they're, they're carrying this mm. weight, you know, without sounding, making it sound sort of doom and gloomy for, <laughs> for people who want to come see it. But I think they are sort of wrestling mm. internally because of this it's as much as like it's just expressing who you truly are and when you're not doing that or you aren't allowed to do that or or, or you don't allow yourself to do that it just, it just carries you know you're carrying that all the time so there was a kind of that kind of constancy was 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 kind of exhausting but i don't know it was it was a very safe and happy environment and and as once we kind of could shake that off the fact that we were sort of we were all bubbling as well mm -hmm. so we were all with each other all the time and there was the people that you were in that zone with during the day the fact that you were then with them of an evening time to kind of and you knew what you'd all been through yeah that was you know that helped lift it all well congratulations can i get a howl <laughs> oh <laughs> so guys thank you so much for having a chat with us very much appreciated congratulations on this um what a mental movie but i think i always knew it was going to be that I spoke to Lily Rose last year and yeah. she was beaming about her time um, filming it. So I was anticipating it for ever since we had that chat. Um, 
Did you have the, the, the animals that you wanted to have in this? Did you, if you could, would you have had a different animal or was... Yeah, I, I love, yeah, the Ger German Shepherd was... I was, have a German Shepherd. Was, oh, so do I you? Was, yeah. Well, hopefully I did your German Shepherd <laughs> yeah, justice. Um, but I, yeah, it was amazing and it was, it was so much fun. Um, the, the movement definitely was more difficult than I had mm. anticipated um, before um, starting. But, um, but yeah, I definitely got the animal I wanted. Yeah, I love, I love dogs. So, yeah. yeah. I was pretty happy with Judith. I don't think I'll play a parrot again unless somebody's listening and wants to offer me one. I'll take it up. Um, so, yeah, it was really inc incredible. I mean, um, I think as soon as we got the script, it wasn't like anything that we'd read before. And mm -hmm. so we both were very keen straight away. And also the benefit of your role was that if you forgot your lines, someone else said it before you. Didn't have to learn a single line. <laughs> yeah. Didn't have yeah. to learn a single line. <laughs> I'm sure that was discussed. Um, were there moments where on set you really had to kind of pull yourself out and be like, yes, we know we look silly, but we have to just fully go for this and trust in the process that when it comes on screen, it's going to make sense? Well, I, I, do you know what? I think that kind of um, feeling kind of left during the rehearsals because mm. we had such a long rehearsal period and, and Natalie and George really led by example and kind of threw themselves in from the, from the very beginning. So by the time we got to actually making the film, if you had felt kind of awkward... Um, or embarrassed, you would have been the outlier because everyone yeah. cause was just kind of in it um, at that point. So um, that's why, yeah, it was so, it was amazing. I mean, we did like a four and a half hour improv the first day and George was in a muzzle tied to a radiator. <laughs> um, yeah. You were being fed like Snickers bars. Or... I was like vegan at the time and I was like, well, this is happening. Yeah. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do, bro. There you go. And then poor Elsa was on Zoom just like watching... It yeah. all, and someone sat on the phone <laughs> that she was on Zoom. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it was amazing. All embarrassment went out the window of pretty course. quickly. Yeah. Um, your relationship, obviously, on screen before has been wonderful. It's so to see you again <laughs> you. as well. Um, and we see from social media, you guys are the best of friends. So mm -hmm. how does it feel to work on something like this with your best friend? It's amazing. I mean, to, to work together once was amazing. So mm -hmm. to do it again is, is a dream. Also, we were isolating together in British Bay in a, in a caravan. That's actually where we spoke, I think, yes. when we yeah. were in the caravan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then we went straight into, um, yeah, straight into another isolation. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was it was amazing. And, um, yeah, always great to have your, your best pal with you. Yeah. I mean, we feel incredibly lucky. I mean, yeah. doing it once was fantastic and, and doing it twice was even better um so if anybody's listening and wants to hire us for a third time we're, we'll send our dates um, please 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 um when it comes to it as well i mean this shot at a point where everybody was like ah, what is going on yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm sure something like that brings everybody together in a way that most film sets do anyway but mm -hmm. at the same time tight-knit small and also oh my god we're so lucky to be here working yeah. That that was definitely the feeling. Like everyone just felt so lucky to be on mm -hmm. a film set again and and be able to to make something. And also, it kind of it really worked for the film to be to have it be such an immersive experience and isolate together. And um, I mean, we couldn't leave for the entire uh, shoot, so we were in this hotel for um, for the whole time. And um, we'd give like 
people would go and get shopping and bring us back shopping and we were talking about how it started off very healthy and it was like avocado <laughs> and salads and quinoa and then it was well, she like, did mention the Snickers then it was yeah, yeah. yeah but then at the end it was like just wine and pot noodle <laughs> uh, but yeah but no it was it was great yeah we loved it absolutely amazing was there anybody that chose to do it method and act like an animal all the time or because <laughs> I feel like no, that no. would be the extra Jared, Jared Leto level of <laughs> oh yeah yeah um. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it's Sanit. Yeah, I'm Sanit, Sanit Jenkins, the Sanit, little dog. the eight-year-old. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, um, uh, though he is incredible. Yeah. Um, but um, no, no one went that far. It would have been quite hard to do. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if the staff in the hotel would have appreciated. Yeah. Uh, were the they guests. aware of what you were doing? They were, I'm sure. I think they were aware we were shooting a film. I don't think, I think that maybe even... They saw maybe George or you or Terry walking on all fours on the beach. They were a bit like, what's, yeah. what's, what's going on well, here? Because we do these workouts with Terry has these um, these like arms that he used for Planet mm. of the Apes. So you know sometimes we just go out and, and do that. But then there'd be other people who'd go and get like coffee at the hotel. So and they'd be looking out be and, on we're, all fours? And, and we're, yeah, literally like Planet of the Apes outside. <laughs> uh, but um, no, no one went quite... Uh, Some people turned into animals when we played like Jenga or charades. An yeah. animalistic side sort of came out, but, That's but no true. method. No, no. no. <laughs> Amen. Well, congratulations, and here's to the third of you guys getting back together again. Oh. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. And like, Let's go. RTE. All right, if you're looking for something to do this week, then why not go to the theatre? back open and it's great to see I went to see a show called The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe a couple of weeks back you might have heard of it well it's coming to Dublin this week from the 15th to the 19th in the board gosh tickets on sale from 16 euro and it stars Samantha Womack who of course you'll remember from EastEnders she's a Mitchell and Christina Tedders from Derry uh, who plays the role of the beaver you're going to have an absolute ball of this if you do go along and a great one for all the family as well. Scary parts, but still just thoroughly enjoyable and I think the young ones will handle it. Here's what they have to say all about it. Guys, thank you so much for having a chat with me. Very much appreciated. Congratulations. I'm obviously just out of the show. I absolutely adore that every single even tiny detail of it down to the cat made me just go, oh my God. Samantha's scary, Samantha. Oh, it is. I mean, this this is dark in many ways, but also I feel like Young people can handle it. And I feel like, uh, you know, a lot of productions like this maybe sometimes skin back on the darkness for, for stuff like this. Yeah. Whereas I think, it, one, it's integral, but also at the same time, it just makes the character even more three-dimensional. So for you, how have you enjoyed getting into that darkness and, and how essential do you think it is to the production? Yeah, really essential. So when we all were back in rehearsals and we were talking about the theology aspect of like C.S. Lewis and I remember reading it for the first time and it's not sanitised, you know, it's, mm. a, it's a piece of work that is about life and death, all the big things that kids are terrified by but also need to understand. And actually there's something I find more terrifying about this kind of sanitised primary colour for CBB world. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't know if that is helpful yeah. or informative. It, it's, it suits a certain narrative. But as kids get older, you know, I've got kids at six and seven, they were asking questions. If they lose their grandparents, if they, you know, it, it's they're about the big things. And so to sanitise it, it's not really doing his work justice. And even with the things like the stabbing of Aslan, and, yeah. you know, were we going to go back on it? We were like, no. We're going to go twice as hard. We're going to go twice as hard. But in a way, yes, because yeah. 
that is the nature of the piece. Yeah. I, I think, you know, we are, um, we are really enjoying telling that story with that kind of intention and that intensity. And I, and I think that watching multi-generational audiences from six who occasionally scream yeah. when I stab Aslan, not going to lie, <laughs> um, a few yelps. But actually you watch, uh, even more importantly, kids kind of, you know, nine to 16 who often come on school trips <laughs> who, you know, invariably, are they going to sit still and really invest in a show? I never mm. did in a school trip. No. You know, most yeah. of them, you're just like, ugh, I'm being dragged here. Yeah, and whatever. still not in class. Yeah, yeah, when the lights sometimes pan up uh, onto the audience, they are all still. Yeah. None of them are moving. And I'm just like, that's cool that is cool that they are all that we've got them we've got them we've exactly we've got them we've totally got them so that's great uh you get drawn into everything from the production but also to the costumes they're stunning there's something so so earthy about them and they just feel they could so easily be cartoonish i think when it comes Mm -hmm. to something like this so for you guys what is it like just does do you just completely get into character the second that you uh throw it on yeah, earthy's one word. If you could smell them, then you'd know they were oh, very, really? very earthy indeed. <laughs> Do you wash them? It's quite hard to wash those beaver suits here. Yeah. Um, be careful, it's a really dangerous... I know, <laughs> I know, I'll be careful. Basically, yeah, the, the costumes, I think they're very necessary because we're not playing like... Um, you know, Mr. Magoo from Down the Road. I'm playing yeah. a beaver. Yeah. Sam's playing a witch. Yeah. Yeah. You need something. Um, uh, Chris plays a lion. You need something that helps you, like, mm. um, put your feet on the ground in the right way. And, like, I've got this, I'm sure you saw it, this big tail yes. that I had on my back the whole way through. Uh, and it sounds silly, but when I put my hat on, the beaver's ears are up on the top. Mm. My ears are at the side. So when I put the beaver hat on, it may, it helps me to move yeah. my head in the okay. right way. Because I say she's hearing from up the top. Yeah. She's not hearing out the side like we hear. So stuff like that, which is a practical mm. thing when you're playing like an animal, is very helpful because mm. it just helps you. Like the, the tail helps me remember that beavers are bottom heavy. Yeah. At one point, there was a discussion <laughs> of me having a big... Big bum. Added you can my... say what you wanted to say. say. Beaver or no beaver, I will not have a lot of <laughs> I just have to take you back as well to the question you said before because Sam's obviously not going to say this, but I remember so clearly the first time that Sam did a scene in our rehearsal room because I was like, she is absolutely terrifying. <laughs> And it was so cool because I was like, "How are you gonna?" I was like, "How's she gonna be scary?" I was like, "How's a witch gonna be scary?" She didn't do nothing. It's scary, but the, she didn't do nothing. It's she also quite stared. sexy as well. It's very <laughs> sexy. The beauty of this as well is we're back, we're here, we're oh. in a theater. It's emotional. Yeah. It is it completely. Is For you guys, how has that been getting back together into that core group? And does it just bring you guys tighter together as a family in that sense as well? Just being able to appreciate. The audience and also having each other in these moments mm. yeah yeah mm. we all um were daunted i think initially yeah. coming into a is a big cast when we initially all got into a, well i can only speak for, for myself but i had like everyone else two years and then to walk into a huge space yeah. with quite a lot of people you know performing uh, i was really at first intimidated, it felt overwhelming, mm. really excited, but all of a sudden my anxiety levels yeah. were through the roof. Um, and then slowly but surely the 
beauty of it just started to settle the first time we went on stage, the first time the audience came in, the first time I heard the musicians play the score in their costumes or, you know, mm -hmm. there were moments for me throughout that rehearsal period where I was really moved, really, right. really moved. And um, we continue to feel that way, I think. And I also think the more that our work, because I felt exactly the same, mm -hmm. but I think the more that our rehearsals went on, and I don't know if this is a result of the pandemic or if we're just very lucky to have found all these specific people, but I think the kindness of our company yeah. shone, began to shine through and yeah. the generosity that we all have with each other. And you have played the Borgosh before, so yes, for you, a uh, times. Do you, do you love it? I know I it's such a... I love it. I have to say that <laughs> yeah. with every interview. But I can say it with gusto and, mm. you know, you always want to really... And, and every venue brings a different beauty and performing kind of, like, challenge. Um, but there is just something about the board, gosh. Mm. The people that run the theatre are insanely kind of welcoming. Mm. Uh, the location of it, being near the water, mm. it's just a buzz from start mm. to finish. Yeah. Like, love it. Guys, we cannot wait to see you in Dublin again. And um, congratulations. Like I said, it was just pure heart. I really, really Aww, loved it. Thank you. All right, finally, and the best for last in many ways. I love this woman's music so much. She is made for festivals, honestly. And when the album came out last year, I was just putting it on repeat all the time. So when it was nominated for both Song of the Year and Album of the Year at the Choice Music Prize, I wasn't surprised. Elaine May joined us on the phone to talk all about her performance at Soft Nights Festival, which is happening this summer. Get your tickets. Elaine, how's it going? Hey, Stephen, how are you? I'm doing very, very good. Honestly, I got really emotional listening to that again, and I've listened to that song about a million times. <laughs> I also have listened to that song about a million times, and I still get emotional, so uh, I know oh. what you mean. Uh, absolutely amazing um, and what a week we'll get to soft nights in a minute but obviously off the back of choice last week you were one of the du double nominees how did that feel to have you know the best song and best album to be to be up for both it was class I mean the whole kind of night felt like a bit of a, a homecoming because you know obviously everything had been closed down for so long and actually one of the, the last kind of bigger shows um, that I think the industry had in Ireland was was choice back in 2020 you know yeah, so yeah, it was just mad um, so it was it was pretty amazing I think like everyone was just so delighted to kind of be back and, um, and able to kind of play and see each other again and stuff so it was great to be on that that stage especially I would say was just absolutely emotional you were brilliant uh, as you always are in that regard but what Walking on, were you just like, wow, okay, yeah, we're getting back to this. This is, we are, this is normality. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Vicar Street is just such a beautiful venue and like, you know, being nominated amongst such incredible acts as well. Like it just, it kind of felt like uh, just a bit of a release for everyone, you know, and like, um, and it definitely did feel like, okay, things are, are hopefully mm. kind of getting back to normal now, you know. And there's a lot of people out there who might be going, I wasn't there, so I didn't get to experience it. Well, you can experience it tonight and you can see Elaine from 11 o'clock on RT2. So make sure you tune in to check out the Choice Music Prize of Blonde and Tracy. All right. I mean, we've got loads to talk about. Soft Nights, I've been to it before. It is honestly one of the most amazing festivals in my eyes. Uh, if people don't know, it happens in Dunderry Park. What can you tell us about it? 
I'm, I'm so interested that you said that because I literally heard the exact same thing. I heard that it's such a beautiful, beautiful festival. I know the Pillow Queens and um, Soda Blonde, I think, played it last year. I went to and both I just, of them. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, I just heard such brilliant things about the festival. Um, so I'm really, really excited to be playing it this year. I think what kind of sets the festival apart um, is that they very much focus on um, the wellness um, aspect of it as well. So it's not just about the music. You know, you're kind of getting um, to, like, attend talks. And I know there's, like, astronomy talks happening this year. And there's, like, a bat walk, which I'm very intrigued by. Um, and I think there's, like, sensory caves and all kinds of things like that. Um, and I've heard that the grounds are really beautiful as well. So beautiful. I think it's going to be a really gorgeous weekend. There, there's an, it's like an escape. Uh, a pure escape now I don't know if it's a crown oak because uh, I don't remember my history but there's something that <laughs> looks like a crown oak and I lost my wallet in it last year <laughs> okay I'll keep an eye out for you for this I got it back I got it back oh, which okay, is good, also good. props to the festival <laughs> they're a very good festival they found my wallet nice. but there are all those sort of little things where you can just find nooks and crannies around the place that are just pure escapism and you see people doing yoga you see people doing all this sort of stuff and it's just beautiful I think there was like sound therapy as well and Beautiful. So there's full weekend tickets which are available and um, for an amazing €70 Euro plus booking fee for a very limited time. And then the regular price, price is €80 Euro plus booking fee, which is brilliant. But the lineup, Tolu McKay, you've got yourself with May Kay and of course Sinead White. Love. Uh, pastiche, and that's on Saturday, June 4th. And then Sunday the 5th, Lisa O'Neill, Moxie, Keela and uh, Sean Fitzgerald and Dara Lynch from Lancome. What can people expect from your performance from this? What are you looking to bring to it? Because festivals is obviously a big home for you as well yeah definitely a party we're just going to have fun and it's going to be very high energy and um, you know I mean we were like right in the tracks of this album back in like you know, 2020 yeah. so you know this is what we've been waiting for playing festivals and having nights like this so it's going to be a lot of fun I can promise you that that build up because I mean when No Forever came out obviously it was a big splash was that before or after everything had kicked off it actually came out at the very beginning of um, 2021. So yeah. it was very depressing around yes, that time. We were in like full on lockdown. And I remember myself and May Kay were just kind of like, when are we going to, like, <laughs> are we ever going to get to play this live, you know? Um, so, you know, we've, we've, been, we've been looking now to have lots of, of kind of opportunities to do it. But I think, you know, coming up to festival season now and having brilliant festivals like this um, on the cards and just like getting to play it live will be so much fun. So really look forward to it. And, before that I think it was what it was around the 8th or 9th of October the album was released wasn't it um, yeah were you feeling nerves around then because there had been a big build up in a way you know you had amassed you know such a following from live shows and, and the releases before how were you feeling around that time in terms of it being you know that debut album yeah it is it's stressful I won't lie I mean I think you know you kind of at the beginning, it's very much like you kind of focus on what you want to get out of it. And, you you know, for me, it's very much like, right, I'm doing this for myself. And if other people like it, that's a nice bonus. But I always kind of like try and just focus on doing it for myself. But when you're putting anything like that out into the world, it is a bit like, oh, gosh, you know, yeah. like I, I hope that people, um, it, that it resonates with people and stuff like that. But I suppose I had released singles before and I had kind of gotten a good reaction. So I was kind of hopeful that it would go down well. But um, really, really happy with the reaction overall, for sure. Every time you announce someone new that you, you've worked with I'm like oh my god I love them <laughs> it's just like, I'm like Lemmy has the greatest taste in the entire world um, <laughs> how do you go about I'm picking is it, is it friends you know that you know come within the circle and it's like oh, I really want to work with Make I really want to work you know with Alva Reddy who's absolutely brilliant you know do you kind of create a friendship there first before you I guess make that sort of relationship with music or do you kind of seek out the people that you're like I really want to work with them 
Yeah, it's a bit of both, definitely. I mean, I think, you know, um, having a kind of a spark in a relationship with someone is a really good way of going about being creative together because I think you're you're probably going to be in a good position of kind of coming up with something that you both enjoy, you know. Um, yeah. But at the same time, then, if there was someone that I really uh, admired or loved what they were doing, I, I would, you know, I would reach out and kind of see if, the, if there was something that we could do there. Um, like, sometimes things work and sometimes they don't, but I think, you know, uh, I was just really lucky with home and, and how it kind of came together and um, getting to work with those amazing women on that album. So it was really, really cool. Now tell me something. Deluxe vinyl edition of the album, what's <laughs> happening? Uh, yeah, really excited about that. So basically for Record Store Day 2022, we're going to be releasing a special deluxe vinyl edition of Home. Um, so it's going to be available across the UK and Ireland and record stores on April 23rd. Um, and we've got three really cool um, remixes of some of the tracks as well, oh. which I actually really can't wait for people to hear. Um, first one is coming out pretty soon. I'll be talking about that more this week, actually. Um, but yeah, really excited about that. So we'll be able to get a physical copy finally, which is exciting. Amazing. Uh, that's for Record Store Day, which of course is now next month and soft nights happening on the 4th of June and the 5th of June as well like we said amazing 70 euro plus booking fee for the limited time and then 80 euro plus booking fee but an incredible festival in Dunderry Park it's about a 50 minute journey from Dublin and um, there's bus transfers I think from Dublin Keys on both days as well for people who, who can't drive down lots of great food lots of great music lots of great relaxing as well and chilling out and Elaine May what else would you want? Elaine thank you so much Thanks so much for having me. Pleasure. Thank you. Cannot wait for uh, tonight's performance as well on, on TV. We'll be looking forward to that. Thanks, my name's Stephen. Talk to you soon. You're a star. That is Elaine May. Like I said, every time I listen to her, her music, I'm just absolutely taken aback. So I have to take another one. This is Go Slow. You're going to love this. Featuring Sinead White. This is 2FM. The sound of the nation. Stephen Byrne on 2FM.